Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. And welcome to the Cyber24 Podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions to keep your organization safe. My name is Marty Carpenter of Northbound Strategy. I work in thought leadership, and today we're talking with Andre Kirtland. He's with a company called NetSureit, and he comes to us as our most international of guests. He comes to us from Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, Andre's a specialist in the Microsoft security stack, and his driving force is that people, uh, companies have the Microsoft security stack and either underutilize it or don't even realize they have it or how they should use it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the technicalities behind it, how it uh, stacks up, <laughs> to use a funny term, to how Microsoft security stack stacks up against other things on the market, why it's his tool of choice and how it can help you get the most out of your security team and your hard-to-find cybersecurity talent. This is our conversation with Andre Kirtland of NetShirt. I hope you enjoy it. You may be our our longest distance guest that we've ever had on this podcast, so we're really excited for this. I think this is a record setter for us. Uh, Andre, just to introduce mm-hmm. you to our audience to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background and give us kind of the 101 on NetShirt. Okay. So um, I work as a solutions architect inside of Neturit. And uh, in that role, my task is to build solutions for customers. I deploy infrastructure mostly. And uh, for the last, since about 2015, almost everything I've been doing has been cloud related. So uh, very focused in the Microsoft space because we're a big time Microsoft partner. So I'm doing a lot of Azure, sometimes some Microsoft 365. And uh, a very large proportion of what I'm doing is security around those products. So I typically am the person that will sit down with the customers, figure out their requirements, figure out their threats, and then figure out how to uh, build a proper security for what they're putting in place. The um, company itself, we're um, a lot into managed services, managed security services. Uh, We operate in, we started in South Africa, hence where I'm staying, but uh, we are now operating in uh, the US as well. We've got a footprint in uh, the New York area. And um, we obviously uh, have a mix of a team that's based in the US and in South Africa, and we support each other, which also sort of helps us follow the sun. You know, because in security, it's very much 24 by 7. So you've got to be able to cover the whole day, never never rest. And um, yeah, so uh, I'm, as I said, very involved in Microsoft as a, a vendor. They're our main uh, partner. And we've sort of built a niche to uh, be the people that are really, really good at uh, helping people who've made a Microsoft investment switch on what they've got and use it properly. A lot of our customers are... Um, enterprises. We've got a couple of big banks in the sort of 50,000 user range going all the way down to smaller uh, companies that are 100 users and everything in between. Everybody has the same threats. Yeah, they all have the same threats. And in a lot of cases, uh, just from our discussion before we started recording, a lot of times they have uh, the same tools and they may not be utilizing them. And specifically when you talk about like the Microsoft Mm -hmm. stack, 
So I wonder if uh, you could just maybe start there. What what is the threat landscape we need to protect ourselves against? You know, or, or companies do need to protect themselves against. And what does the Microsoft stack protect businesses uh, against? <laughs> and, and then I guess we'll get into why they don't use it the way they should. But let's start there. What is the what does it really protect sure, us against? Sure. Look, I, I think many of us in the security space are familiar with the, the threats out there. Um, for people that are not specifically focused on security, um, the threat landscape is getting more and more dangerous. Um, we've seen over the period of the last decade the rise of cyber crime as opposed to just cyber irritation. Once upon a time, people would be hacking and cracking for the bragging rights to be able to deface a website, to be able to tell their buddies they did it. These days, Nine times out of 10, any incident that occurs, it's somebody trying to get the money. They're uh, trying to steal information. They're trying to get into an environment and break it. Um, ransomware has probably become one of the most prevalent problems in uh, the security space, where um, obviously you've got somebody out there maliciously breaking an entire environment and then demanding money to get it back. Um, that has been going bigger and bigger and bigger, and the fallout from that has been getting a lot worse. Um, a lot of the attacks are happening uh, in an automated fashion where uh, you're not even as an organization being specifically targeted. You've got uh, somebody out there that is basically just going through ranges of IP addresses, ranges of domain names, and they busy trying to work through all of those and trying to see where they get a hit. But you also get a lot of, again, from the cybercrime aspect, dedicated professional criminals that uh, if your organization seems like a juicy target, will come after it. And uh, they are going to try and specifically drill in. They're going to research you. They're going to get a lot of info about how you work, who works there. They're going to get onto the LinkedIn's and see who are your role players. And then they'll start doing the phishing attacks and searching and probing and trying out vulnerabilities until they get in. And uh, then once they're in, do one of those uh, various uh, threat uh, uh, vectors that I was talking about earlier on. Um, phishing is obviously a very major way that people are getting in, um, which is related to the fact that um, a very large proportion of your uh, security threats are tied to attacking the people. A lot of it comes down to identity theft. The criminals are uh, trying to take over the identities of your users, your people, your accounts. So um, especially if they can get an admin account, if they can get a highly privileged service account then uh, and take that over and start acting as that account, then they can do nasty things on the inside. And if they can simulate being a real person, then they could also just do good old-fashioned fraud, pretend to be the financial officer, give an instruction to make a payment, and money is just marched out of your door. And then the other um, aspect is, of course, compliance, protecting your data, keeping what needs to be secret, secret. So um, increasingly, we've got legislation, lots of countries, people like Europe who have their GDPR, various of the US states have been uh, putting out um, uh, specific state laws about protection of information, specific industries. And um, organizations know that they've got to be compliant to those rules or they're going to face very large fines. Um, they uh, And of course, the embarrassment. And if you get caught out that your customer list, uh, dozens of uh, um, user information, personal information, credit card info, 
that gets out, that could sink a business, um, certainly cause a loss of business. And again, a lot of the attackers are um, playing on that, trying to cause breaches just so they can get your data and then threaten to expose. Um, or they put the data onto the dark web, put a sales, put a price tag onto it and say, if you want it, come and pay for it. You either buy back your own data or uh, somebody else buys it. And again, they could possibly abuse that uh, to cause damage to your firm. So there's a diverse range of uh, threats, but it's getting worse and worse every year. The number of incidents that get detected, the amount of malware that gets detected, the various campaigns that go out um, is just year after year, the stats go up and up and up. Um, and uh, it's obviously a dangerous place out there. So no sort, no shortage of threats, um, specifically then to like Microsoft security stack. What are the technical benefits that it offers? Why is that sort of your um, uh, protector of choice? So... We use the Microsoft stack a lot um, for, first of all, just um, a simple commercial fact that a lot of uh, organizations out there buy Microsoft product suites. So they will buy something like a Microsoft 365 and it will come bundled with the whole security stack inside of it. So you get something like Microsoft 365 E5, then you've got the whole range of Microsoft security products built into it. And for a lot of organizations, first of all, it's simply a case of, well, I now own a whole range of security products and best I use it and get a return on investment. No sense that I go out and I go buy myself a whole bunch of other products to uh, do the job of something I'm already licensed for. Having said that, though, um, I think there's a perception out there in the market that uh, Microsoft isn't really a security company. You know, you, these are the people that brought us Windows 95, you know, and uh, don't seem to have learned much after that. The reality is that um, Microsoft did get a lot of really bad security scares through the years, you know, so especially those early years after uh, Windows 2000, when uh, they had the code reds and the NIMDAs and all those other really bad security vulnerabilities that got exploited and gave their products a really bad name, they turned around and try to fix it. And then one thing Microsoft is really good at is learning lessons and sp spending money. So they, um, in 2015 already, were spending a billion dollars a year on security products, sometimes on developing them, but also on buying. You know, they would pick up a up and coming technology or a startup with a, some interesting uh, tech and they'd buy them and they'd integrate them into the product stack. Later on, now, um, 2022, the uh, spending is now up to $4 billion a year, which makes them one of the biggest investors in the security space. So people say, well, Microsoft's not a security company. The correct way of describing it is Microsoft is not only a security company. They probably spend more on R&D and development and acquisitions of security than um many of the other known uh, brand names inside of that space. So with that money, they get to develop a lot of really good kit. They get to develop services that um, if they're not necessarily the, the top product in any particular category, they're probably at least going to be the second or the third. That very much gets borne out when you go look at things like um, the Gartner Magic Quadrants, where you now invariably in any of the security-related topics you find that the Microsoft products are top right-hand corner, and then they're probably either the leader or they're second or they're third. 
um, the uh, uh, antivirus product or the XDR product shootouts. Again, the Microsoft products very often, they're sitting in the top notch, they're sitting in the second place. So they're good. They've, they've got good software. But then their, their secret sauce that Microsoft does bring to the party is because they're not just focused on one aspect of security, because they're not just trying to be the best antivirus product or the best firewall or the best web application firewall. You get this whole suite of security tools um, that all come from the same vendor and where they've put a lot of effort into integrating those and making sure that you have sideways talking and conversation and information sharing between all the different components of the security stack. So you're not sitting with isolated best of breed antivirus or email hygiene scanner or web application firewall. You're sitting with all of those things, but they're all sharing information. They're all pulling uh, information from the threat intelligence feed, which, by the way, Microsoft has an amazing feed available because of their exposure to all the security threats across the entire industry. Talk a bit more about that now. But then second of all, they've got uh, uh, the ability to then do correlation and sharing and feed the information back, use things like the graph API to make the, the findings and the discoveries that all of these tools are making and be able to then find threats that are spread across and are detected by multiple tools. So a common sort of scenario, we always talk about uh, uh, disrupting the attack chain. So a typical sophisticated attack is going to in, maybe involve something like somebody, a user, click, got a phishing email person clicked on the link in the phishing email. This took them to a server on the web where they downloaded some malware. The malware installed onto the local computer. The local computer started talking to a command and control server out there. Command and control server downloaded further components. They started being uh, lateral uh, movement, reconnaissance, reaching out to other elements on the local infrastructure, eventually trying to do some sort of breach or attack or ransomware or whatever that was. So, in that sophisticated attack with the multiple steps occurring and multiple components, if you're looking at each of these components one at a time, you're not going to easily be able to detect this attack necessarily. Your anti-malware might have picked up, oh, there was malware. Your email uh, security system might have picked up, there was a phishing email. What you need is something that's correlating those and saying, user one, PC one, server one, all had funny things happening to them within the same 15-minute period, and there's a trend. And that's where it's really important to have security tools that talk to each other. Now, you can go and buy yourself the best-of-breed product in every category, install them, and then you integrate them and correlate that information. You put in the middleware to make them share information. What Microsoft's doing for you is they've created that middleware, and it's built in from the start. When you deploy it, word go, possibly even as part of a default install, these components are up, they're running, and they're talking to each other. And that starts providing a lot of value in terms of your security stack. And that's a big part of the reason why I technically endorse what they do. 
There's plenty to keep you up at night, but with so many remote workers, IoT devices, and multiple clouds, it's hard to balance keeping everyone productive while keeping the network secure. With Aruba's Edge Services platform, you don't have to choose between delivering network performance or closing security gaps. Learn how Aruba's SASE and Zero Trust framework can help you deploy network security services how and where you choose. Get the facts by visiting vlcm.com slash edge. That's vlcm.com slash edge. Recent events have fundamentally changed the way we work. It's created new challenges for keeping employees connected, productive from home, and safe when they return to the office. To help bring organizations into this new normal of work, Aruba Networks has developed an AI-driven, intelligent cloud-managed networking platform that can help your business with secure business class connectivity at home, staff safety management, and flexible financing options. With Aruba, you can have a safe and productive workplace for your employees. Learn more about Aruba's hybrid workplace-powered solutions with Valcom by visiting vlcm.com edge. That's vlcm.com edge. So what about compliance and information protection? Is there anything to, to help companies protect their data and, and meet these? You've mentioned some of those regulatory requirements mm. on privacy in particular, but like, uh, is, is there anything built into that to help uh, companies protect data and meet those regulatory requirements? So uh, apart from the security stack, uh, what Microsoft have also got is they've got a whole family of uh, products in the uh, compliance and information protection category. They've branded these in the last year or so as Microsoft Purview. So all of their security products, they use the brand name Microsoft Defender. All the compliance products, they call Microsoft Purview. And inside of Purview, you've then got things like the data loss prevention, which is uh, involved with filtering and controlling things like email, uh, information being shared through SharePoint, OneDrive, Teams. You've got um, information protection itself, which does encryption and enforces uh, access policies. You've got insider risk management that looks for behaviors of people inside of your organization that are doing dangerous things, possibly sending out communications that they shouldn't be sending. There's compliance uh, uh, enforcement that, uh, again, takes your business policies and enforces that in terms of who should be talking to each other, what are they allowed to be talking about. So a very, very comprehensive series of compliance products. Again, that same benefit of they all come from one vendor that already out of the box, integrated with each other, they share components. And um, this allows you to go and build a very comprehensive solution to keep your secret information secret, stop the communication that shouldn't be happening. Um, to a large extent, what you're doing in the compliance stack is you are taking the business policy in terms of how should our information be handled, what rules do we need to uh, uh, enforce, and they just go and enforce it for you automatically. They Instead of the traditional situation where you'll get an email that will say, this email is highly, highly confidential. Please do not forward this outside of the company. All of this information protection stack is doing for you is saying, oh, there's a rule. This type of content with these keywords in it or this type of uh, sensitive information, don't let it go out of the organization. Only let it go to certain people. Encrypt it and only allow the file or the email to be decrypted by certain people. And in that way, you then get 
uh, uh, automatic and transparent and very powerful enforcement of your compliance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess I'd say one of the big problems with managing security that I that I hear from a lot of people is uh, you, you want to reduce the strain on the team, right? You want to sort of automate as much of it as you can. Good cybersecurity experts mm-hmm. are are really difficult to find. It's a, we've got a real shortage of that, I think worldwide, but certainly here in the United States. Um, so wh- what can you do to get... Uh, to give them the tools to to make them be able to, uh, I guess, accomplish more with the limited time they have, or if you have a small team, how, how do you make that team's life easier so that uh, so that you don't burn them out, and so that uh, you can get the job done with, you know, the limited amount of talent that there is out there uh, available for companies to access. Sure, obviously, your time of your cybersec team is very, very scarce and very valuable, so you want to waste as little of their time as possible. So. First thing is um, that you do a lot of the information correlation uh, automatically in the background. Uh, product from Microsoft in that space is something called uh, Sentinel, Microsoft Sentinel, which is the seam from Microsoft. And um, what this is doing is it has connectors into all of the other uh, security components inside of Defender, even can have the connections into non-Microsoft components. So you might have third-party security software, you might have firewalls, you might have your security stack switched on in things like Amazon and Google. So all of the security events from all of these different sources get fed into uh, Sentinel. It sits there. It keeps those events, which, first of all, is important because you need to preserve your logs in the case of a breach. But second of all, it's now got an analysis engine, and it's looking for trends. It's looking for correlation between events that happened across multiple systems. And when it finds a correlation, it reacts. And how it reacts is, first of all, it alerts you and tells you, oh, here's a problem, come and fix it. Um, But it can then also start automating. And it has a very powerful engine built into it that does uh, what they call SOAR, so um, Security um, Operations Automated Response, where um, you can say, well, when I get this particular risk or this particular threat, this is how I should respond. And maybe it's something as simple as, oh, there's malware, go remove that malware, or let's isolate that particular computer from the network. Let's disable that user account. Let's force a multi-factor authentication or whatever else you need to do in order to respond to that security threat. And this automation starts cutting down on the hours that your security people are spending doing mundane tasks. You, What you don't want is that your security analysts are sitting there in your sock and spending hours and hours and hours investigating mundane little events that might be a false positive, might be something uh, relatively trivial. What you want is that an automated system will find the real threats, surface them to you, and preferably give you mechanisms to go and uh, fight those threats as automatically as possible. And then this integrates into a threat intelligence feed as well, which again is important because it cuts down on the stress and the time that your security team is having to spend to go and say, well, I need to know about every single threat out there. Okay, I need to spend hours and hours and hours reading up and trying to understand every possible piece of malware or every possible breach attempt that I might come across. Again, have something do that for you automatically. And all of that then reduces the manpower requirement, allows you to respond faster, and of course, makes it easier for you to have a true 24 by 7 by 365 service 
because these automated systems, they don't take off Thanksgiving. They don't take leave. They don't get sick. Okay, so again, that's going to take some strain off your security team, and it's going to take some strain off the uh, CISO, who has less things to worry about at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Andre, I wonder in the time we have left, if if you uh, could leave, you know, we'll drive home one message for our audience. If there's one thing they should take away from this, uh, from this conversation, what would that be? When you're going to improve your security, you have to accept you're not going to be able to fix it and make it perfect in one go. So optimizing your security is not necessarily a one month project, something that you're going to have to do forever. So what you really need to do is to start by doing a proper analysis of where are you in your security, getting a picture of what is the the what are you capable of defending yourself against. Have a look at what's available to uh, defend yourself against those threats. And if you are invested in the Microsoft stack by having things like Microsoft 365 licensing, um, then go have a look whether you've actually switched on all of the functionality that's sitting inside of there. Because this is the most common thing I see is that people own this, they're not even using it, or they're not using all of it. Then start a process to start switching on functionality. And when you're switching on functionality, you also take a look not just at the tech, but you also look at the people in the process. Do your people know how to do work with this? Do you have the processes around it to be able to work with your security threats? And do a long-term uh, effort over multiple months to go and mature your security and use then those capabilities in the security stack, in things like Sentinel, to try and uh, automate your protection as much and to try and lock down as many of those threats as possible. Yeah. Uh, all great insight. Uh, really appreciate that. If uh, our audience wants to know more insight from you, is there somewhere online where you're sharing this insight where they can uh, follow you or uh, or get in touch with uh, NetSureit? Absolutely. So obviously, uh, if you just uh, follow the links to uh, our website, so uh, netsureit.com, N-E-T-S-U-R-I-T. Um, myself, personally, I post uh, on a fairly regular basis into my LinkedIn, where I'm trying to uh, spread knowledge and uh, information about how to do these things. So um, uh, I think the, the link will be posted uh, in the show notes, but otherwise linkedin.com and then Andre Kirtland, um, K-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D. Thank you. Perfect. Andre, we really appreciate the insight you share with our audience today. And uh Go enjoy what's left of, uh, you know, I, I'm guessing a, a summer's day where you are. We'll enjoy uh, the snow and the cold where I am. <laughs> no. No, we're full on summer at the moment. Yeah. Well, Andre, we really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being with us on the Cyber24 podcast. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. 
We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.